So I got on the phone and spoke with him for an hour and then they completely changed course the next day, turned down that surgery and they were able, we were able to help them get in down in uh, at Duke. Um, they have a spot open, which is much closer for them. And uh, Connor got, his son Connor got treated uh, with the CAR-T and got very sick and had the storm. Um, but when he was done, you know, I think it was 30 days after his treatment, he was back on the ice. Uh, he's, a, he's an ice hockey player. And, um, you know, when they, when they found out he was cancer free, I was the first one that Don called. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Facilitate Talks. I'm Michael Adenia. And I am Anthony Davies. And for those that are joining us for the first time, this is a socially distanced talk show. Do I still need to say it's socially distanced? I suppose most of our lives are socially distanced now, and uh, it's, yeah. that's not unique anymore, really, is yeah. it? I don't know, Michael. I think we should keep saying it to keep reminding ourselves that it will not last forever. You know what? I complete, I'm down with that because I tell you what, I can't wait to get out of this, this bubble I'm in, 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 in South Wales and, and meet people once again. And I know that so many people are, are desperate to get back into that groove. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, it's, uh, you don't know what you have until it's been taken away from you. Um, we still strongly believe in face to face, uh, as we've said before, we're all learning new skills right now, um, but yeah. we are, we're looking forward to uh, we're looking forward to an in-person facilitation. Michael, can you uh, can you make that happen for us? I really really hope that we can. Actually, before we jump into the episode this week, how's your week been? Interestingly, I'll tell you what happened this week, uh, Michael. Uh, we had a big FDA meeting, and the usual backwards and forwards went on about uh, the desire for frequent interactions. And the FDA really you know, pled for restraint there. And, and they didn't just quote uh, COVID-19, which is making them crazy busy, uh, the FDA and all of the other world's regulators, the EMA and everywhere else. Yeah, sure. They cited a very high number of gene therapy filings, uh, which oh, okay. the absence of the pandemic was keeping them super busy. So, yeah, I mean, the pandemic thing, we, we thank the regulators uh, worldwide for their service. Um, and in the gene therapy world and the cell therapy world, uh, we're happy that we're, we're, we're flooding them with work. Yeah, and um, you know, I, I think I'd say this fairly regularly. I'm no scientist, but I'm always interested in how, um, how the, the commercials move around this industry. And um, I read a report recently, our compound annual growth rate for advanced therapies has actually gone up in the last nine months or so. Um, which is really interesting, considering you know, I work for an organization that has fingers in, in many sectors and not many of the sectors have got compound annual, have got double digit compound annual growth rates, let alone figures in the 26, 28 slash 30% um, yeah. um, CAGR year on year, which is just phenomenal. Well, viewers, Michael, as usual, is being modest here and he's working for a best in class organization. Um, but having said that, uh, I think one of the things we should have learned from this pandemic is the value of uh, innovative, timely and fast moving healthcare. And it's yeah. a strange situation, the honesty. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, we, we have a tailwind at the moment when 
so much of the world and so much of the economy is uh, struggling with headwinds. So we're thankful for that uh, and, uh, and respectful of everybody else's uh, efforts too. Good, good. Well, so what we've got this week, um, as far as an interview is concerned, um, we've got, um, I, let me start that again. It's the fourth in the series or is it the fifth? It's the fifth in the series. Um, yeah. So, so what we've got this week is the fifth in our series of women in advanced therapies interviews. And this is um, where we're featuring one of the women that featured in our uh, influential women in advanced therapies ebook that we released way back in March on international women's day. And um, yeah, this week it's um, a very special woman indeed. It's Emily Whitehead. Um, the very, uh, the, yeah, the, the, uh, the very Emily Whitehead who was treated back in 2012 um, as the first um, child patient um, to take a CAR-T um, treatment, um, the Kim Raya um, Novartis treatment. And it's an exclusive interview. It's actually one of the very first um, public appearances that Emily has made herself because obviously we, we've spoken to her father a few times and her father was featured um, on a number of occasions at our conferences and and you've interviewed him as well, Anthony, which is yeah. still one of my yeah. favorite um, interviews and one of the most emotional interviews uh, and, and perform, well, I call it a performance. I shouldn't call it a performance as well. It's um, one of the most powerful stories on stage that we've had um, at our conference, haven't we, Anthony? Oh, that was, uh, yeah, no, no offense to the other victims of my far side chats, but that's the one that sticks in my mind. Now, it's just amazing on so many levels, Michael, that Emily is, is, is old enough to participate herself because she's old enough because she survived cancer and she's old enough because uh, CAR-T therapies have been with us for that long. Yeah. Yeah. And the work that the foundation have done in introducing more families um, to this treatment is is really really um, fantastic as um, as we all know this is often a patient's last resort and um, you know she was a trailblazer in this and her story has um, given and empowered so many other um, young people to 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 find this treatment and also um, benefit from this treatment as well and long may that continue yeah last resort doesn't even cover it with Emily. Go back and put the link up, would you, for the, uh, for the far side chat with Tom and Bruce and uh, uh, everyone go back and watch it and watch uh, Tom's description of the, uh, you know, the, the night they thought Emily would probably die. Um, and when uh, the, the CAR T cells were administered to her and the, the immediate aftermath, because that's, uh, that's a story which, uh, which I'll never forget. Totally, yeah. I'll post the link up uh, attached to, to this episode. Um, but without further ado, let's jump right into that episode. Here's yeah. Emily Whitehead and her father, Tom Whitehead, um, being interviewed by Jana Staudmeyer. Good morning. Good morning. Or, I should say, I know. <laughs> How are you? Nice to see you. Yeah, absolutely. 
first, welcome, and thank you so much for both being here today. Um, I wanted to give just a brief background for everybody who's going to be tuning in, because I know everyone is going to want to hear what you have to share with us today, Emily and Tom. So Emily, for background, you know, was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia, um, a common childhood cancer when she was five. And she had a recurrence at six that was life-threatening and very difficult for her parents and for her to go through. And so at seven, she was enrolled in a clinical trial of CAR-T therapy, which is a very unique way of approaching cancer therapies. And I'm happy, very happy to report that she is now 15 and eight years, celebrating eight years cancer-free and has continued along with her parents to do just some phenomenal work in terms of raising awareness and supporting others who are facing similar challenges. So Emily, so pleased to have you and your dad, Tom, with us today. Um, I'm gonna give you a second to just say hello and give a little background you as well. Hi, I'm Tom Whitehead. I'm Emily's dad and the co-founder of the Emily Whitehead Foundation. And um, you know, just um, we try to do something every day to help other families have the same outcome that we've had. We feel blessed every day. Fantastic. Hi, my name is Emily. Um, I'm 15 and I'm eight years cancer free and I travel around with my family to try and spread our story and get less toxic treatments to children around the world. Fantastic. Well, thank you for the time today and for the continued advocacy and help others. I wanted to share a little bit about what I know about your background and stories that I found really fascinating. And so I thought we would maybe start a little bit about talking about raising awareness. And I know, I'm jealous that you've met many really interesting people, you know, in the last several years, President Obama, people like Bradley Cooper. I'm very jealous there. I would love to meet them. <laughs> Katy Perry, um, and even Steven Spielberg. And I wondered if you could talk a little bit about what those experiences have been like. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing to meet so many cool people. And I'm so thankful for all of the people that we get to meet when we travel. And they are all amazing people. And I'm just so glad that I got to meet them all. It, it, it was something, um, you know, when Emily was getting better, uh, we had to teach her to walk again after she had a 14-day coma. You know, I kept saying to her, um, this is such a big breakthrough that someday you're going to meet the president. You know, and after a couple of days, my wife, Carrie, said, you better stop saying that. And I said, oh, I feel it. Someday we're going to get invited to the White House. And uh, so when, that, when it actually happened, then it was uh, pretty, pretty amazing. And we weren't allowed to tell Emily about it until we actually were on our way. Um, so, you know, I, I tell the story that um, I had asked them, I said, you know, as a dad, I told Emily she's going to meet the president. So when we go down, I don't want her to just be in a room that he walks through. I want to actually get a chance to talk to him. So they had said, well, we cannot, you know, this was the Secret Service we're talking to. And they said, we cannot confirm or deny that President Obama will be there uh, at that time. And I said, I understand what you have to tell me. Um, but just please pass on our, our, our request. So about an hour after that phone call, I got an email and it said, you know, you'll be in a room with 200 people, um, including the press and media. They're having coffee before the um, announcement. And if you go to the JFK painting at this specific time, uh, we will not confirm or deny who Emily will 
be taken into another room to meet. <laughs> wow. So yeah, it was, it was really an incredible day. And I understand you had a special request at the end of the visit. Um, yes, we did. I had missed school to go and see President Obama, so we asked him for a school excuse after we met him. And we did. We got one. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that you're really interested in filmmaking, and you had the opportunity to meet with Steven Spielberg as well. So what was that like? That must have been fantastic. Yeah, it was amazing to just see him in his workspace, especially, and all of the people that work on movies. And it really gave me a new perspective of how many people are really taken to make a movie. And it was amazing to meet him. And he also gave me a school excuse after I met him as well. Fantastic. <laughs> Those are notes that I'm sure your teachers aren't always used to seeing. Yeah. <laughs> and Stephen then, when we told him about President Obama's note, he said, well, I have to do one better. So he pulled out his phone and made a, a video uh, and sent it to President Obama. And he said, hey, hey, Barack, I'm here with Tom Carey and Emily, and we just wanted to say hello. Oh, fantastic. That is <laughs> And someday when you make your film, you'll have to send a video back to both of them to just let them know that that school note came in really handy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Okay, so tell me a little bit about the fundraising work that you're doing. Um, I know you completed a fundraiser, which is amazing. That's absolutely fantastic recently, and actually received a medal for that. So congratulations. Um, I'm not a runner, and so I really am jealous of people who can do things like that. But that you're also working on an eight, moving up to an eight k as well, which is fantastic. Yes, I have been thinking about doing the 8K in November. I'm not sure what's going to happen because of COVID-19, but I have been thinking about it and I've been doing my best to stay in shape. I like to take bike rides with my dad and I work out with my mom. So, yeah. Excellent. And Emily, she's really healthy. So during this pandemic, um, she's inspired me to eat much healthier and exercise with her every day. And I, myself, I've lost 15 pounds during the pandemic and I'm in much better shape now. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, and I know that through the foundation, you've also worked with Stand Up to Cancer and you've helped to really put some research awards that'll help to advance research in place as well. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so for the last three years, uh, we've, we've gone in on a grant uh, where they have uh, more than one center collaborate together um, to help and move forward faster, but uh, we're funding pediatric immunotherapy. And then each of those awards, we've committed 125,000 and then Stand Up to Cancer has matched it. So we've you know, had a $750,000 impact on getting a young researcher from one hospital to work with a senior researcher from another. So they have to collaborate and move, move this uh, you know, forward so more or less toxic treatments can come from our funding. For the kids. Well, and I'm, I know that even in right now with COVID-19, you know, bringing communities together like that is how we solve problems. And so to have the foundation be able to support that type of collaborative work, I'm sure is very powerful in terms of trying to move this forward. Yeah, and we've always asked the scientists and doctors to collaborate and work together and share information. So we feel it's important as a foundation to do the same. Totally. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, having the opportunity to kind of have the visibility of 
having someone like Steven Spielberg send out a message to President Obama obviously makes people start to really be aware of the work that you are doing even through the foundation. And that is really phenomenal. I mean, your continued support and advocacy to not only share that message, but inspire the community to work and move forward with new treatments is something that I think, you know, we all thank you for. Yeah, thank you very much. And, you know, sometimes uh, they've acknowledged that they know who we are before we, we understand that. And when I started to tell President Obama about Emily, he stopped me and said, Tom, I know about Emily and everybody knows about her for what she went through. Yeah. So that really meant a lot, you know. And then um, when, when Vice President Biden was put in charge of the moonshot to cure cancer, uh, he got back to us at one point and said he had used Emily's story to get another $2 billion in cancer research money uh, from Congress. So, you know, that's whenever you realize that uh, even though we're from a small town and uh, uh, working hard, that people start to recognize and that anybody can change the world if you, you know, put your mind to it. Well, I think that your ability to take what was something in your life that I'm sure was a very challenging thing to go through and to use it to really pay it forward to the rest of the community. Yeah. It's clear that everyone will always know your name, Emily, because you are so important to the community in terms of the fantastic outcome that you've had, but having the ability to then use your voice to continue to raise that awareness and to help others to be able to have access to these kinds of treatments is just absolutely phenomenal. And I'm sure be tiring because everybody wants to talk with you. I'm so pleased I have the opportunity today to meet you in person, but I'm sure everybody that has the opportunity to meet you feels very special about having that opportunity, just because you're doing. So in terms of those new therapies, I know you've also done some work with the FDA and in fact helped to get some approvals. So I'd love to hear a little bit more perspective there. That's super important because all the research in the world is fantastic, but moving it forward to a treatment stage is really the key to helping others. Yeah, and it was the same thing when we first met Dr. Gottlieb when he was in charge of the FDA. He asked me to take a walk down the hallway with him and Emily and I took a walk and, uh, you know, he said, I recognize you from media coverage and everything, but he, he said, I want to be the one to tell you that to get an FDA approval that quick, it takes public support. And we feel very strongly that the, we had that public support from all the advocacy work your family's done since Emily's treatment. So we appreciate what you're doing. And he just wanted us to know that what we're doing is making a difference. Fantastic. Well, then I know that there have been several approvals now both for pediatric applications as well as adult applications too, which is just fantastic to see the ability to move from one patient population to the next. Yeah, it's incredible. Tell me a little bit more about some of the families that you interact with. I know you have some amazing stories of people that you've worked with and, you know, that have faced the same circumstances that you have and what that feels like when you have an opportunity to really talk one-on-one -on -one with someone who's been in a very similar situation to what you were in. Yeah, well, I, I could start with um, like a father, Don McMahon, uh, from down in the Atlanta area, you know, reached out one day and said, my son's supposed to go to surgery tomorrow and go to bone marrow transplant. And he just told me, uh, that he watched the fire with fire video and he wants to get Emily's treatment. Can you talk? 
So I got on the phone and spoke with him for an hour and then they completely changed course the next day, turned down that surgery and they were able, we were able to help them get in down in uh, at Duke. Um, they had a spot open, which is much closer for them. And uh, Connor got, his son Connor got treated uh, with the CAR T and got very sick and had the storm. Um, but when he was done, you know, I think it was 30 days after his treatment, he was back on the ice. Uh, he's, a, he's an ice hockey player. And, um, you know, when they, when they found out he was cancer free, I was the first one that Don called and just said, you know, thank you. Wow. That so, must and then, you know, internationally, uh, Emily can tell you a little bit about it, but we got to go to uh, Oslo, Norway and uh, meet their first patient, a young man uh, who was very excited to meet Emily. <laughs> we had um, gone to Norway, was it March of 2019? That's about right, the spring of 19, yep. And they invited us to their lab kind of business building and I got to meet um, the first patient that was treated in Oslo, Norway. And it is always amazing to meet first patients from all over the world. I really look forward to it. and. Yeah, it was a really good experience. We got to go to the Thermo Fisher lab where they made the little metal beads that were used to treat Emily when they attach each cell. So Thermo Fisher had set that up and had us come and inspire their workforce, meet the first patient, and then gave us a nice tour around uh, Oslo. So it was, you know, a very incredible trip that we uh, will never forget. Absolutely. Well, and to think that you've gone global in sort of helping to... <laughs> awareness and have access to these kinds of treatments must be just a phenomenal feeling. And I heard you did a signing recently of some equipment that was put together for CAR-T therapy. There was a, um, uh, something on LinkedIn, I think it was, or a Twitter post that was really cool about, you know, unique equipment, lab equipment that was made and specifically has your name now on it as a signed piece. That's fantastic. The Barkey Company makes the plasma therm machine, which is now used by Novartis and all of their Kimraya making, and it warms up the cells uh, from minus 190 degrees Celsius to body temperature very quickly. And 85% of the cells are still viable once they warm them up. So um, Chris Barkey, the CEO, invited us last Christmas to Germany, and we inspired his whole team and then they made five machines in Emily's favorite color, and she got to sign them. And then nice. we, uh, we toured the uh, Christmas markets with the film crew oh. following us. <laughs> oh, very nice. Very. Those are going to be highly sought after pieces of equipment that not only are specific to the therapy, but have your name on them. Those are what a fantastic thing. So that's, that's wonderful. And tell me a little bit about what you're thinking for the Emily, sort of what's next in terms of where you're going with personal kind of you know, goals as well as what's on the front, forefront for raising awareness and fundraising efforts? Mm -hmm. Do you want me to go first? Okay. So I am entering sophomore year this coming school year and I plan on later going to college, maybe somewhere in New York. I want to go to a city because I live in a small town. But I'm really interested in film and art, and I'm really excited to pursue something that I love so much. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, and I think right now when I think about how strong your voice is just as a voice, and I think about you film and art behind that, 
I just yeah. can't how much stronger you'll be able to communicate that message. So, and career path and something that, you know, obviously I think will continue to help to put your message right at the forefront for everyone. Yeah. I try to explain to her how powerful that could be, um, you know, and, and to pursue the, the film aspect and the artwork because she's very talented at both. And, you know, and then you could expand the people you could get to you know, beyond the ones that I've heard about you so far. Absolutely. Well, and I'm, I have, I'm sort of a, I love science art. And so I have a lot of pictures of, you know, either fluorescent images of cells or electron micrographs <laughs> on my walls. And it's whenever anybody comes in, you know, they're always sort of stopped by looking at the visual because it's so amazing. But then when they realize what it is, it's even more exciting. And so, combination of sort of science and art and obviously your personal story of how important science has been to you in your life and how much that's allowed you to really you know go on to achieve all those other goals will be just a fascinating thing to watch unfold and I don't know if you've had an opportunity to really think through the you know fundraising I'm, I was impressed when you did the 5k and put that together. I mean, those kinds of efforts are not easy to, to really undertake. So good for you for, for doing that. But, you know, any other you can help to support in terms of your fundraising efforts by putting information out even on the facilitate site, we would love to do that. Thank you so much. It's been great collaborating yeah. with facilitate. Yeah, well, and you know, certainly, I think the goal is obviously helping patients, but also raising awareness to why we need to continue to do that. You know, sometimes when things go silent, I think that it's difficult for people to remember that we really have to focus in areas like that. And I think telling your story is so powerful because it not only really shows the scientific progress that the community has made, but it reminds us that there are so many opportunities for us to do things for patients that are important. And I think, Tom, have you maybe put a book together as well? I, I mean, I, I, I'm sure that there's so much that you could share more beyond what we're talking about today, but I'd love for people to have an opportunity to read more as well. Yeah, so once we got home, um, we had so much support from everywhere. And when Emily had success, you know, people right away were writing to us, hey, you need to write a book about your story. And it's taken many years, um, and we've had a lot of great people help us. Um, but now um, Hachette Publishing has picked up our book through their Faith Words um, part of their company. And uh, we've had filmmaker Ken Burns help us out a lot behind the scenes. And he wrote our introduction. And his team at WME is representing us, his literary team. So we're blessed to have great people helping us. And we're also working with um, New York Times bestselling author Danelle Morton to put the words on paper to make sure that uh, we could have the best book possible. So it's been a ton of work, but um, it's up for pre-sale right now on Amazon, and then it comes out on October 6th. And, and during Emily's treatment, she has kind of blocked out the painful part of her treatment. So, um, and we talked about it, and we hadn't really seen a father-daughter version of a cancer story. So during her treatment is gonna be, from my perspective in the book, and then my wife's actual blogs from that time are gonna be in there as well. And then since we do everything together, Emily's going to write the afterword. Well, she did write it, and it's coming out. Uh, the afterword of what's happened since then. 
So she'll wow. tell a lot of those stories about the celebrities and meeting the president and, uh, and that's in the epilogue at the end. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, I know I've actually pre-ordered a copy, so I'm really excited <laughs> to read more and to hear about it. And I mean, certainly the time today I appreciate, and I know everyone will appreciate having the opportunity to see this, but again, just thank you both so much for all that you do to continue to advocate and help others. I mean, I can't even imagine you've taken something that was so difficult and turned it into something that is so powerful. And so from all of us, really, just thank you for the continued efforts. Oh, it's an honor to be a part of this. And, uh, you know, that positive attitude that helped us get through that time is what's led us ever since. And, uh, you know, I told Emily, being happy is a choice you make. And, uh, and you stay positive every day, and then you can go out and change the world. So that's been coming true for us. So we still feel blessed every day to have Emily and be her parents. But uh, we appreciate uh, everybody that's helping us build our foundation as well. And we appreciate all the work that you guys do. So Emily, I'm sure that it must feel pretty phenomenal when you, because I have read a little bit about how you do kind of encourage everyone to take that approach that your dad just said, you know, smile and sort of look at the positive side and you can change the world. And you're watching that happen sort of right in front of your eyes. So that must just feel amazing. I mean, in contrast to everything that you went through, I'm glad that you've been able to kind of block some of those harder parts, but really capitalize on the opportunity and staying positive is amazing. I mean, through that, that's not an easy thing for many people to do. And you've just been phenomenal in doing that. Yeah, thank you. Well, I wish you, I can imagine, I can <laughs> And I really am not only looking forward to reading the book, but continuing to watch what unfolds. And certainly I want to be at your first screening. So whenever your first film comes out, just if you can remember to invite me, I would be honored to be a part of that. Oh, that's great. I think the uh, documentary is supposed to come out in 21, and that's called Trial by Fire. And then our book is Praying for Emily, the Faith, Science, and Miracles that Saved Our Daughter. Fantastic. It's great talking to you. You too. Stay well. Yep, you too. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Take care. Talk soon. All right. Bye. Yep, we'll see you. There you have it. Um, another fantastic interview from Jana Staudmeier. Um, really good work from her in um, bringing the story of Emily Whitehead and, and her father, Tom, um, to, um, to us. And um, yeah, I just think it's fantastic that we actually get to hear the story from Emily's perspective um, through all of this and some of the experiences that she's been through. Um, you know, getting to meet Obama, for example, I think it's absolutely amazing to, to hear it from her perspective and now seeing her as a, as a, as a grown woman now um, and almost eight years in remission, um, she's just come such a long way from that little young girl that was so vulnerable and is now flourishing into into a woman it's amazing you knew it was going to happen i mean she she was you knew it was a matter of when and not if interviews like this would happen and i think mm. uh you know she has such a future ahead of her uh you know she's going to do remarkable things in her life and they'll probably be associated with cell and gene therapy in some way 
um, but 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 who knows? I, I remember in when we interviewed Tom and Bruce. Um, Tom told the story of how he asked her to, uh, if she wanted to speak at the FDA advisory committee for Kim Raya. And she, the night before, I think the story was she she basically said no, she didn't really want to. And uh, Tom said that was fine. And uh, then while he was speaking at the adcom the next day, uh, he suddenly became aware that she was um, standing at his side and she didn't push him out of the way to get to the microphone. Tom's pretty big, so probably couldn't. Uh, but she, she did speak at the adcom after all. And uh, again, to, to persuade people to go back and look at that interview, that was a, a sort of high point of that. That yeah, Obama, President Obama writing her, her yeah. note was uh, just so a cool. really human touch, which, uh, which is a joy to hear. Uh, and I think, uh, but now it's, um, you know, it really is the Emily Whitehead show and uh, Tom's still there, but I think he, he, you know, who can be happier than him uh, about that? And there's so much to come out to, to still come. And I think it's like, it's like we said before, like this field is almost science fiction to, yeah. to a lot of people. And, um, yeah, I, I was always, I was always a little bit, a little bit concerned when I heard the terms of like the poster child of CART-T is, is often what she's described that. But now, yeah, I, I kind of look at it in a different light, but you know what, there's a, they got a book coming out. I think there's the Netflix show coming out as well, that this is a story that outside of our romanticized cell and gene therapy bubble, that this is all we talk about all day, every day. There's millions of people out there that don't know about this stuff and yeah. having someone like Emily that wants to share this story um, and can share this story in such a human way is really really beneficial because it, it is changing lives and and having a really lasting impact on healthcare from something that to a lot of people is just make-believe yeah no it's 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 true michael you're you're, you're spot on it's it, it's happening uh i was talking the other day to a partner at one of the world's largest uh consulting practices uh not dark horse consulting one of the world's <laughs> largest consulting practices yeah. and she went into this practice as a partner three years ago uh evangelizing for cell and gene therapies and yeah the response she got was who what what are the yeah. Doesn't get that response today. It gets a very different response today, and that and that practice has built uh, a significant uh, presence in our field, which uh, you know we work with them, um, and uh, we we love working with them. And it's a sort of I won't name names, but it's a household name uh, organization. Uh, so it's happening. Emily's part of it happening, and there will be you know children who can see because of Lux Turner. There will be children who can walk because of Solgensma. Uh, the Avexis drug. Um, I think on the other hand, this is when the uh, rejections hit very hard. You know, we mentioned the Biomarin uh, complete response letter for Octavian. Uh, I think the haemophilia community is still coming to terms with uh, what that will mean for the next couple of years. And um, it's almost, uh, you know, the successes uh, that we see make the, the failures and the delays harder to bear. Still plenty to do, Michael. 
Yeah, there really is. So you're absolutely right. And everyone that is watching this, if you haven't seen it already, go to facilitate.co.uk forward slash exchange and watch the Tom Whitehead uh, and Bruce Levine um, super plenary talk from Advanced Therapies Week 2019, I'm going to say. It was 2019, wasn't it? Yep, January 2019. Um, it's a fantastic interview and a fantastic story. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I suppose that's a wrap for the show. And, um, yeah, I'll, send a, I'll, I'll also post a link to, to that episode in the show notes. Um, but that's it from me. No, no other parting messages unless, Anthony, have you got any parting messages for everyone? No, I think uh, watch, watch Emily, listen and learn, uh, listen and learn. Brilliant. Good, good. All right, everybody. Well, over and out. And we'll see you again soon at Facilitate Talks. Bye-bye.